You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Yahoo breach unsettles industry and casts doubt over Verizon's pending deal to buy Yahoo assets. British sources say GCHQ stopped a Russian attack on last year's UK general election. A White House staffer's email is hacked. Krebs on security is back, but many see a lesson in the dangers of IoT botnets and democratized censorship. Researchers describe iOS and Android vulnerabilities. The FBI releases more documents from its State Department email investigation. Switzerland votes for more surveillance, and U.S. states reassure voters that the election won't be hacked. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, September 26, 2016. Yahoo's disclosure Thursday that more than 500 million customers' account information were stolen continues to excite much comment. The company disclosed that the customer information lost includes names, email addresses, telephone numbers, dates of birth, hashed passwords, the vast majority with bcrypt, and in some cases encrypted or unencrypted security questions and answers. Many see the lost security questions as posing the most serious problems to customers affected by the breach. After all, your grandmother's maiden name, your first pet, and the middle school you attended are unlikely to change. The breach dated to 2014 and was discovered during investigation of rumors that stolen credentials were being offered on the black market by the cyber criminal whose nom de hack is Peace. What the investigation found was more extensive and serious than anything Peace had been woofing around in the dark web market. Yahoo, whose business for the last few years had been facing turbulence and headwinds, has been seeking what investment analysts characterize as a soft landing in the form of a deal with Verizon to buy Yahoo's core assets for a reported $4.8 billion. That soft landing is now in doubt. According to the New York Times, Yahoo stated in the merger agreement that there have not been any incidents of or third-party claims alleging security incidents that could affect Yahoo's value. That statement, of course, is now more than questionable. Some analysts see a possibility that the entire deal could be canceled, but most think it likelier that the acquisition will go forward, but at a price renegotiated sharply downward. 
Yahoo blamed an unspecified state-sponsored actor for the breach. There is as yet no attribution to any country, and it's worth noting that almost any business would prefer to be able to blame a successful hack on foreign intelligence services. You look less negligent that way. Who among us could stand up unaided against the PLA, the GRU, or any of the Five Eyes? If you think you could, then go ahead and cast the first stone, but think twice. Look at history. Sony's relief at being able to point even to North Korea, not in the Bears, Dragons, or Eyes League, was almost palpable. Speculation concentrates on Russia, lately much in the news for Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear, and China, which has shown an appetite for engulfing credentials in PII with the appetite of a filter-feeding baleen whale. But this is all still a priori speculation, and both the attribution and the means of compromise remain up in the air. In other news of state-directed activity, the Sunday Times reports that Britain's GCHQ successfully blocked Russian attempts to disrupt last year's general election in the UK. In the US, more political email hacking resulted in exposure of senior Democrats' election-related travel and appearances. The staffers' emails were posted to DC Leaks, which has in the past been associated with Russian interests. Krebs on Security is back after sustaining what essentially everyone is calling the largest distributed denial-of-service attack on record. The well-known and well-respected security site is now being hosted by Google. The site's former host, Akamai, had to sever services when the attack traffic began to affect its other customers. It's important to note, as Krebs does, that Akamai hosted the site pro bono and that they parted with Krebs on good terms and without acrimony. The attack against Krebs on security is seen by many as a troubling bellwether for two trends, the use of IoT botnets in high-volume DDoS campaigns, and the privatization of censorship. Much of the traffic that flooded the site is believed to have come from a botnet of compromised security cameras and other indifferently secured IoT devices. And the motivation for the attack is believed to be retaliation for Krebs's reporting on VDOS, allegedly a DDoS-as-a-service criminal enterprise whose proprietors were arrested by police in Israel on September 15, 2016, shortly after Krebs published his story. The incident suggests that all the usual threat actors, from hacktivists through criminals to states, now have the ability to round up, herd, and stampede botnets in the direction of those who attract their displeasure. Fresh reports of increasing mobile threats are out. Elcomsoft says it's found an issue in iOS that enables attackers to crack passwords much faster than they'd hitherto been able to. The flaw is said to lie in iOS 10's backup mechanism, which introduces a vulnerability not seen in earlier versions of Apple's mobile OS. The U.S. FBI late Friday released more documents from its investigation of former Secretary of State Clinton's email practices. The documents include descriptions of grants of immunity and what appear to be emails from the president found on the former secretary's private account. Switzerland yesterday voted to grant its government more extensive surveillance powers. The vote is seen as a popular expression of widespread concern about terrorist threats in Europe. And finally, U.S. states seek to reassure voters that elections can be conducted without undue risk of hacking. The National Association of Secretaries of States wrote Congress to say that they're working with federal security services to address any attempts by nation-state adversaries to disrupt the presidential election and call its integrity into question. The association also said, Machines are standalone and do not connect to the Internet, adding that there is no evidence that ballot manipulation has ever occurred in the U.S. via cyber attack. The Nevada Secretary of State has offered the Silver State similar reassurance. 
we think you might be able to get odds on this in Vegas or Reno. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Israel Mursky. He's a Ph.D. candidate, researcher, and project manager at the Cybersecurity Research Center at Ben-Gurion University. You've been doing some research with some touch loggers. Uh, What can you tell us about that? Specifically with the Android operating system, when you download or install a new application, it asks you for certain permissions. And if you accept these permissions, you're basically giving the application full access to those uh, resources. For example, writing to a disk and and accessing your contacts and so on. There's one set of permissions that an application does not need to ask for, and that's access to motion or uh, sensors, any kind of physical sensors on the device that indicate the motion or even lighting in the room. And this is very important because that means you can download, for example, the classic flashlight application, and it will say that it doesn't require any special permission, so it seems rather benign. Meanwhile, it's recording all the motion of your device from your accelerometer, from your gyroscope, and it's trying to infer personal information about you. One of the things we found in our labs was that you were able to determine a person's gender just by the acceleration of the device over the day. So you can imagine, you know, what kind of private information you can, you can infer from a user. And one of those things we were interested in was where the user is touching on the screen, much like a keylogger. Now, this isn't a new idea. This idea was uh, uh, shown in the Usenix uh, conference. But the direction that we were taking it was that uh, we're using a regression, a different type of machine learning technique, to improve the process. And using this, we were able to, uh, instead of -of state-of-the-art, which is about uh, 30% accuracy with uh, 1,500 keystrokes, we got uh, 30% accuracy with only 80 keystrokes. And the main difference here is that 
many times researchers will will see a, an interesting problem and show how it can be done, how can an attacker try to exploit a certain channel, whereas they don't really think about how the attack model or the attack scenario uh, can be implemented or how feasible it is. Uh, without going into details, uh, they were using classifiers, which basically require uh, a large number of data points in order to build your model, especially for an entire keyboard. Whereas here we're using regression, we're just using an, an, a general approach of predicting the XY coordinates on the screen. So in general, to, to summarize here, it's not enough to, to ignore these, uh, these motion sensors. They actually confer quite a lot of private information, and they should really be added to these uh, permission lists. If not, uh, the user should be aware of this uh, possible uh, you know, attacks on their privacy. And are you aware of any cases of this uh, being used in the wild? Uh, I do know that uh, all sorts of kinds of grayware uh, use any way, method of getting information from uh, the device to provide advertisements, for example. And I would not be surprised if they were using the uh, motion sensors to try and understand the activity of the user. All right. Israel Mirsky, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. 
Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 